Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. MLB.com Ballpark Dimensions Podcast. I am your host, Mike Petriello, a writer and analyst for MLB.com. Joined by MLB.com National Content Editor Matt Myers. It is Monday morning, October 19th. We just watched what I think was one of the most entertaining postseason games I can remember in a number of years. The Dodgers beat the Braves in Game 7. They are off to the World Series to play the Tampa Bay Rays starting on Tuesday night. And we are going to talk about that. And we are going to draft some World Series teams. And we are joined by Will Leach. Hi, Will. How are you? Did you enjoy baseball last night? I very much enjoyed baseball. It's made it for a groggy morning, but that's what October is for, right? I, by October, I, I've just accepted every year, October, I'm going to be groggy until just in time it's time for the next game to start. I get groggy. And that was a blast last night. I'm down in Georgia, so everyone's kind of hanging their heads uh, a little bit. But uh, I'm of the belief that even though Atlanta sports teams, as I wrote for MLB, uh, have uh, a history of falling short in these spots. Uh, I don't think the Braves have anything to be ashamed of. I thought that was a pretty terrific series, terrific game. And uh, it's just a, as long as you're, it turns out, base running in the postseason, very important. And uh, the Braves kind of screwed that up last night. Yeah, I, re- I really appreciated Matt, by the way, tweeting out the 2006 video of the Dodgers getting two guys thrown out at home plate on <laughs> <laughs> the same play. Uh, and speaking of which, Matt, if I'm remembering correctly, when we did preseason predictions, did you not choose Dodgers and Rays in the World Series? I actually had uh, Rays and Braves. So oh, I was, so I was like, I was, I was <laughs> selfishly, I was very looking forward to like retweeting myself from July 15th, being like, oh, look who picked the World Series correctly. But alas, the Dodgers are worthy, um, a worthy National League champion. I agree with Will. Like the Braves, I mean, considering how much their starting pitching was decimated and they were relying on uh, a couple of, you know, they were relying on Ian Anderson as like suddenly it's like their, their number two guy, a rookie. It's in some ways it's kind of impressive that they took the Dodgers to this to this to this point, and the Dodgers were the best team all year. They've basically been the best team for a few years. Then they added Mookie Betts. So um, if there was ever a year for them to win the World Series, it kind of feels like this is it. But then again, the Rays they're pretty deep. They're pretty good. Um, the best team in the American League this year in the regular season and postseason. So it should be uh, a really entertaining series, and we're gonna do a draft. And we've done this before on this podcast where Lee or Will and Mike pick players. Um, we've done different gimmicks before. Today, we're literally just going to pick teams from the World Series roster. So we took all the – we put all the players from the Rays and Dodgers into a, into a pool, and Will and Mike are going to pick them and see what the rosters would look like if you could just start from scratch, if we were picking teams on the schoolyard. So um, 
Will is our guest, so he is going to get the first pick, and then Mike, and it's just going to go back and forth. Um, and we're going to pick uh, starting lineups plus one bench player and seven pitchers. We don't care if they're starters or relievers. This is 2020. Pitchers or pitchers, just get the get the 27 outs. However, you can get them. If you if you you know if you want your workhorse, if you want your Clayton Kershaw or Charlie Morton, great. If you want to start with you know, Kenley Jansen or Nick Anderson, that works too. So it's up to you guys how you want to build your rosters. Let's get weird. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, Will, you are the first pick in our uh, 2020 World Series draft, and who are you going to take? I like this imaginary notion because not only do I get to imagine I get to pick players from the schoolyard, I get to imagine there are still schoolyards. So this sounds actually Aww. wonderful across Aww. the board for me. I'm sorry, I have a first grader and a third grader in this house. They're going to bust in here at any minute. So uh, there's where I am right now. Uh, my first pick, I, I find it hard not to go with Mookie Betts. Um, I, I, I'm not going to overcomplicate this. I'm taking Mookie Betts. <laughs> I like how succinct that is because that's that's literally all you need to say. He's literally Mookie Betts. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I was sort of hoping maybe you'd go somewhere weird and give me Mookie Betts, but you didn't. And I, um, I think the second choice isn't quite as obvious, but I'm pretty happy to go with Corey Seager because Corey Seager had a monster season and has backed it up with a monster postseason. And what does he have? Like a, a OPS over a thousand for the postseason, I think. So I'm pretty happy with with Corey Seager. I think people might have thought there was a certain Rays outfielder I might have gone with, but I believe more in Corey Seager keeping things up just because of the track record. I think my favorite statistic that I've seen this postseason is that Corey Seager is now tied um, for the most home runs at Globe Life Field. Yes, <laughs> uh, he, he has right. six along with Joey Gallo, and I forget who the one was. Uh, Rugi Rugi Odor, I think. <laughs> Which That's I just great. think uh, it speaks to how great he's been this postseason and maybe how underwhelming the Rangers were uh, during the regular season. Yes, I know they only played 30 home games. I get it. But still, Seager has has been amazing. And I do think it's the, the Rays outfielder you alluded to, Mike, I think sort of where he goes in the draft is uh, one of the more interesting subplots as we uh, as we move along here. Um, Will, you're up on the clock. Pick number three. One thing on bets, by the way, I love the thing you pointed out on Twitter, Mike, which was the idea that like Globe Life Field may yes. be specifically designed for catches over the wall, right? Go, go. I want to, I want to hear your, your thing on that because you, you, you're pretty, you're, you're dead on. Well, we, I'll do it quickly. Like, yeah, Betts has made a couple of those great plays. Kristen Pache made one uh, in an earlier series. Bellinger, Rob Tatis, and these guys are great outfielders. Like, not taking anything away from them, but you have this deep park and fences that are like eight-ish feet tall, and it is like specifically made for these opportunities. And that's what these plays are in a lot of sense, just having the chance to, you can't do this in Fenway. Right. And I, I want to see a whole season of this ballpark next year and just to see if this happens. But I, I, think, I think it's kind of funny. I think bets robbing Freddie Freeman last night of a home run was the smoothest home run robbery I've ever seen. Yes. Where it was like, it was like he knew he was going to do it. And it was just like a matter of just how, how he did it. It was just, it was, it was perfect. All right. Well, pick number three. Uh, I'm going to go with another guy that stole one uh, earlier this year. I'm going to go with Cody Ballinger. I'm keeping Cody Ballinger on this. I'm going to stick to that uh, Dodgers outfield, take two of my three guys there. I'm not taking that Rays guy, though I know. Uh, okay, and listen, it's going to be hard for me to take him because I still remember uh, uh, when he was a Cardinal that couldn't get on the postseason roster last year. So uh, I'm going to hold off on him for now. Are we Are we sure Cody Ballinger didn't destroy his shoulder? Yesterday. Yeah. But <laughs> why John Smoltz was so mad, by the way. Because, <laughs> like, if Cody Bellinger comes out in the World Series and goes, like, one for 18, 
because his shoulder doesn't work anymore because of that, that will go down as one of like the all time sports, you know, I don't know if blooper is the right word because he maybe got hurt, but he seemed okay after the game. But I, I that is going to be such a story for the next week. Was it Kike? Was it, was it Kike the guy that hit him when they did that? Because um, Kike was so excited after his homer that I felt like he was a wrecking crew anyway. <laughs> so just be careful. And I know we're not all we don't all get to touch each other very much these days. But uh, uh, boy, they got uh, they get pre- they get pretty excited in this. Sure. Who did who did that happen to once? Didn't happen like Henry's Morales. He just brought the Grand Slam, the walk off yeah, Grand Slam. He, he yeah. jumped on the plate. He broke his leg. Right. <laughs> like, like that was a very serious one. Oh, that was the reason why people play, I think players stopped doing the big jump. Now they used to yeah. they they started doing like the mock big jump. Um, to sort of like because of because of that. Okay, um, we are now ready uh, for you, Mike, with pick number four. Well, second, I guess I have, second player. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with Randy Rosarena. I do not believe he's this good because literally nobody is this good. It is it is not possible for him to keep this up indefinitely. But I don't need him to. I need him to keep it up for the next week or so. And I think he sort of hides the fact that the Rays' offense isn't actually all that good. But he has been he's been something else. And every single time you think. Uh, that's a couple, nice couple of days. He hits another home run, you know, and they have done so against some pretty decent pitching. So yeah, if I get to start off with Corey Seager and Randy Arozarena, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, that's, I, that's a little earlier than I would have thought that, um, you would have gotten for a Rosarena, Mike. You're, you're usually very like sort of tempered and sort of like, oh, I'm not going to fall for the flavor of no, the month. So no, um, let's have fun. Let's, let's, <laughs> I want, I want a blast here. <laughs> All right. Well, who do you got to pick number five? Also, this is a great month to be a flavor of, all told. Like, this is definitely the right one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Walker Bueller, actually, uh, and not just because of the pants. But uh, to me, I will not soon forget uh, those strikeouts after the base is low with nobody out in uh, game six, I believe it was game six. Uh, that was uh, pure, like, that felt like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe no one. Maybe if he just decides, no one can hit him, and that was a very exciting thing to me. The emergence of Walker Buehler Nation. I know he's pitched in the past for the Dodgers of the postseason, but it does feel like he's taking a certain step forward. Maybe it is the pants, uh, but certainly uh, Buehler, I think, is uh, making a big step forward. He's my pick. He um, is. Uh, he's great. Obviously, I still worry about that blister, right? Like I don't. I don't. I think that could still pop up for him. And do we know how the Dodgers are going to line up the rotation in this series? I feel like they, it's Kershaw on full rest on Game One. And then do yeah, think- they don't have any good options after that. It's, it's definitely going to be Kershaw in game one. You could bring back Bueller on short rest in game two, or which I know every Dodger fan wants to hear. You could do Dustin May as an opener again in <laughs> game two. I, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do. You can't, I don't think you can start uh, Urias, uh, Gonsolin maybe, but yeah, game two is going to be a, a whole, a whole mood. <laughs> On my schoolyard, everyone's fully rested, by the way. So, <laughs> well, one thing to keep in mind for the World Series is that there are going to be off days after Game Two and after Game Five, which we have not had. In the, we have not had these off days in the previous two rounds. So, relievers, as they have in postseasons past, are going to be um, probably more valuable. It's maybe something to keep in mind in this draft as we proceed, because your ace reliever can probably pitch in five or six of the games if. If if used correctly, and I'm sure um, these are two teams that I that I have faith in figuring out the best way to maximize their relievers. Before we get to Mike with the six pick, I want to give a quick review of our last five picks so people can keep track of what's going on. Mookie Betts went one, Corey uh, Corey Seager two, Cody Bellinger three, Randy Rosarena four, and Walker Bueller five. All right, well, uh, sorry, I should say Mike, who do you have at number six? Um, I'm kind of torn between a couple of different starting pitchers here. I think I'm going to go with Tyler Glasnow. 
and I'm going to go with him just because of, of talent. Like, I know there's a, an argument, you know, Charlie Morton's got the great Game 7 pedigree, and Clayton Kershaw is obviously an all-time Hall of Famer. But man, do I like watching Tyler Glass now pitch, you know? Throwing 100 ridiculous breaking balls. I don't have a starting pitcher yet. This, I'm not sure this is the right choice, but it is definitely a choice. And if I end up with Tyler Glass now on my team, that's a that's a good problem to have. I'm he he's in may, might be my most my like my favorite pitcher to watch for the reasons you kind of mentioned. I think that the combination of like the the fastball with the breaking like kind of sort of the slower breaking ball, it just seems like it's it's hard to believe anyone ever ever hits him. So um I'm 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 with you on that. I'd take him over Morton. The thing about Morton is he doesn't really go deep into games any, anymore. You know, I think a lot of people were freaking out when he got take, taken out of game six after 66 pitches or whatever it was, but it's like he didn't pitch more than five and two thirds in a game all season long. And that's sort of how the Rays, that's what they asked him to do. They're just like, give us five innings. And that's their, that's, that, that is the plan with Charlie Morton anytime he takes the mound. It's not like he's, there's no expectation that he's going to go even seven innings. Do you think so, Glasnow? Morton, we saw Garrett Cole earlier. Do you think Jamison Tyon sits around wondering what team he's going to succeed on? Uh, too, too soon, Mike. Come on, they're probably pirates. They're probably pirates fans who are listening to this. <laughs> they do have they do they do have the number one pick in the draft, and Cabrian Hayes looks great. So you know, there's a he did look great. Cabrian Hayes is great. Silver, silver line. Okay, well, you're at number seven. Uh, I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw. I'm going to go ahead and take with Kershaw. I think he looked fine in, uh, coming in there. And uh, I I want my Clayton Kershaw moment. And uh, even if he does it in the colors of my team rather than the Dodgers, I want once and all to, to get him into have that one little line in this Hall of Fame for winning the World Series for my schoolyard team. I was listening to uh, Dan Schulman from ESPN. He was on MLB Network Radio this morning, and he's calling some of the games on the radio, and he says, you know, I don't have a rooting interest. I don't care which team wins, but just as a baseball fan, I want Clayton Kershaw to do well. You know, like he's been such a, a great part of baseball and baseball history, and nobody wants to think about this forever. And if he comes out and just shoves in the in the World Series, that would do a whole lot for his reputation and what we talk about for the rest of time. And I agree with that. I, I think that this is sort of it sort of feels like he's getting that that other chance. And it, it's it's always so weird with Clayton Kershaw because I think there's like, you know, we don't do nuance well in modern times, especially when it comes to Twitter debates. Um, and there's just a lot of nuance to the Kershaw discussion. I think that like he's had a lot more dominant postseason outings than he's given credit for, but he's also had a lot more stinkers than a pitcher of his caliber. You would expect from a pitcher of his caliber. So it sort of feels like the truth, as always, is often uh somewhere in the middle, but people have decided to dig their heels as like, oh, he's he's perfectly fine in the postseason or he's he's a choker. And it's like actually, you know, there's more to it than that. But I think a a big performance in a World Series uh win would uh go a long way toward maybe not totally flipping the narrative, but at least kind of like setting setting maybe not he's still got a few years left. I mean I think the Dodgers are probably gonna go be back in the World Series in his career, but sort of like uh you know at, towards in the second half of his career, at least tilting it a little more uh in his favor. Okay, Mike, you're up with pick number eight. So far, I have just chosen players that I, I think are good or that I like. This is going to be my first pick that is actually positionally strategic. And that is because I think there might not be a bigger gap in a position in these two between these two rosters than a catcher. So <laughs> I'm taking Will Smith because Mike Zanino, I know he's had a couple home runs. Not He's not a strong hitter, right? He struck out 46% of the time in the playoffs and 44% of the time in the regular season. Uh, and Will Smith, I think, may already be the best hitting catcher in baseball. And he homered off the other Will Smith, which is also an enjoyable moment. So Will Smith for me here. 
amazingly, Will Smith led the Dodgers in weighted runs created plus this year uh, at 163. So you could argue that he was he you'd argue that he was already their best hitter this year. Um, so uh, it's it's a smart pick. He's uh, I really love really love watching watching him hit. He's just a really smart hitter, a kit, a catcher who can who can hit like that. He's incredibly valuable. Um, okay, Will, you are up with pick number nine. I get to have my first my first steal. I had I got the Mark Will Smith off my list. I was hoping he's going to fall to me uh, there. So I'm going to stick with pitching then if we're going to keep doing that. And I'm going to go ahead and take Charlie Morton. I'm going to go ahead and take Charlie Morton while I've got him here. Uh, I, I I I may need him for a game seven at, at the very least. I think you're right. You know, I'm now past the point, Matt. You talked about how he doesn't give a lot of innings, but that's okay because he gives 76 really good pitches, and that's kind of what I need. I think everyone's going to be kind of piecing this together. To me, I, it's amazing how when this series happens, we're gonna, both teams are going to feel like, oh, we get a day off in the middle of our seven-game series. This is going to be amazing because, of course, we've had that forever and ever. But it was a good reminder of how not having that, how it really did change everything kind of about both of those series. All right, uh, Mike, pick number 10. Pick number 10 for me, I'm going to go to third base, and I'm going to pick Justin Turner, who is now, what, seven years into his rebirth with the Dodgers and just keeps on hitting and you know, even though he's dealt with some injuries and you kind of thought maybe he's slowing down a little bit, I mean, a really nice defensive play yesterday. You know, like the the getting the two guys thrown out was largely because of Justin Turner doing the Superman dive to get the runner going home and then having the uh, sensibility to throw it back to third. Also, he's still hitting the ball hard. So give me Justin Turner. That dive was really gutsy by him because he almost <laughs> almost missed. Because if he had thrown the ball, it would have been like it would. I don't know. I, as I was watching, I was like, "Why are you diving? Just throw!" Like because I, I don't know who was covering at that point. I think it was the pitcher. I'm not even sure who was covering home plate, but it was like, "Why are you diving?" And of course, it obviously turned out perfectly well. But in that moment, it, I sort of had that like, "No." Um, okay, let me just do run down the last few picks so people can keep up with where we are. Um, picks six through ten, we had a bit of a run on. Starting pitchers, we had uh, Glasnow at six, uh, and then we went Kershaw at seven, Will Smith at eight, Charlie Morton at nine, and Justin Turner at ten. Um, Will, uh, up to you at pick number 11. Okay, I'm going to go to the opposite of the Rosarina pick, which is picking someone who has struggled in the postseason but was really, really good during the regular season. I'm going to take Brandon Lau. And, uh, you know, I think for for me, uh, he, I, I thought when he hit that homer, I thought, okay, here he comes. Okay, now this is the thing that he had to break through, and then he, I think he struck out three of his next four at-bats, uh, including in a key spot. But, you know, this he, he was their best player, uh, their best position player uh, during the regular season. I still feel like he's too good of a player to be this, even with his postseason struggle, so I'm thinking him. It's also, I mean, it, 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 it off, I mean, it's in the postseason, like it, it, uh, it can always, it can flip from series to series to series. You never know. Like, you know, in, in 2015 and the NLCS and the, the DS and NLCS, Daniel Murphy was the hottest hitter ever. And then in the world series, he basically did nothing. So it's like, you could easily see someone of, of, uh, Lau's caliber flipping it around and, and, and getting back on track. So I think that that's probably a good value pick there at, uh, at number 11. All right, Mike, what do you got at 12? Well, I think I need another starting pitcher. So I'm going to go with Blake Snell. And I, I, I like Blake Snell. When he got yanked the other day early, you know, and he was kind of unhappy about it. Like, that's totally fine. He didn't want to come out. But I heard from a lot of Rays fans who were complaining that, well, you can't do that to your ace. And I'm thinking to myself, is he their ace? Because, like, I kind of like Glasnow better. And obviously, Will went with Charlie Morton over him. Like, Blake Snell, to me, is the third best starting pitcher on the Rays, which I think is a really nice thing to say about them. This guy's pretty good but he's only had that one great season you know that Cy Young year was great otherwise he's been 
He's been inconsistent or injury prone. And I was having a Twitter conversation the other day that I thought kind of encapsulated him perfectly. He's he's really talented, but he's not fun to watch, right? Like every at-bat seems to be kind of a battle. And um, I'm picking him because obviously I need another starting pitcher and he's a good one. But uh, with a little more hesitation than you would think for a guy with a Cy Young. I, I totally agree with you about him not being that fun to watch. It actually kind of reminds me of when David Price or David Price in general the form, like, and was on the Rays for a long time where, you know, Price similarly like battles a lot, takes a long time between pitches. Snell just feels like every at bat is kind of a slog. And, you know, since he came back from from surgery, he really hasn't been that dumb. Even in it's, – it's funny if you look at this like baseball's Avant page in 2018 – when he won the Cy Young, he had a 1.89 ERA, but his expected ERA was 3.09. So, it, and this year his expected ERA was 3.95. So, he's good. Don't get me wrong, he's good. But yeah, I don't, I don't think of him. Um, I'm not sure he should be considered like an ace. And um, to me, I, I'm with you. He's, he's, he's their number, their number three guy. Of course, the number three on a very, very good pitching staff. All right, Will, pick number thirteen. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who uh, who closes out uh, last time. I'm going to go with Julio Urias. Who I, and also a shout, a shout out to uh, to Mike over here. We broadcast his first game ever on MLB Plus. <laughs> we did. Wow. Day. We did That's his first game ever. Exactly. And and I think our joke at the time in our pregame show, we were like, hey, how do you pronounce his name? That's a weird name. It's hard to pronounce. Like, yeah, it used to be Cespedes. Who's that guy? Like, eventually you just learn who these guys are and they become uh, great guys. For me, uh, uh, he was so... The way he was so kind of smooth in Game 7, I feel like whoever – that guy, I think McCullers was that a few years ago. I think Morton has been that person too. The one that – the starter who closes out down the stretch is always a a very underrated guy in the series. And I feel like that was – that's a cute thing to him. So I can use him in a lot of places. I'm going to take him. He's had like a lifetime of post. He's 24 years old but because the Dodgers are in the postseason every year. It just feels like he's been in a ton of – Big moments in, in 2016, his rookie year, he pitched in that game five against the against the Nationals that they won, where Clayton Kershaw actually came in for the save. It's just so he's uh, he's uh, he's been in a lot of big moments and none bigger probably than uh, than his performance uh, in uh, Game Seven of the NL NLCS. Okay, uh, Mike, we're up to you with pick number fourteen. I'm going to the bullpen. I'm going to go with Nick Anderson, who I think has been the best reliever in baseball over the last year or two. Now I know the postseason hasn't exactly been ideal for him. I'm going to cross my fingers real hard and hope that his inconsistency in the ALCS was due to, you know, no days off and lack of rest because, you know, his fastball usually dots the top of the zone with it. That's a big part of his success. He was kind of all over the place. So this is a little riskier than I would have thought a week ago. But if uh, if my team's going to win, I'm going to need a strong performance out of an elite reliever. And there are a few better than Nick Anderson. Yeah, I think that if the Rays are to win the World Series, he needs to pitch in basically every game and pitch well. So, like, it's, it's, if, you know, if it goes seven, he's to pitch in at least five, probably six. And, um, I'm, I think he's sort of like the, the swing player in the series for me. He, he didn't, in his last three outings uh, against the Astros, he did not strike out a single batter, which is sort of shocking because he had like a 45% strikeout rate this year. I know the Astros are very good at putting the ball in play, the best team, in fact, but, um, still, Definitely was a bit of a red flag for me, but uh, there was probably nothing more predictable than uh, Nick Anderson ending up on Mike's team. <laughs> uh, <in this, laughs> <in this laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, who do you have at number 15? It's weird. Again, now we're in like positional scarcity idea. Like there's no reason for me to pick, unless just Mike just wants to take all of the shortstops or something. Uh, I, I think I can hold off on something like that. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with an outfielder, uh, an outfielder, or uh, I'm going to go though with a weird one. I'm going to go with Manny Margot, who actually was really, really good. I think it's kind of, un- he was basically their second best hitter uh, in the LCS. And I feel like uh, he certainly had the power. Uh, it's weird because, you know, I feel like he kind of got squeezed out. He was supposed to be the prospect initially in San Diego, and he kind of got squeezed out a little bit. He's shown considerable power in this series. I think there's something to a guy if for if it's maybe the Arena mojo goes over to Margot in this spot. So I'm taking the chance and taking Margot to take one of those outfield spots. All right, so we're now 15 picks into it. I'll give you a little rundown of the last five. We had Brandon Lau at 11, uh, Blake Snell at 12, Julio Urias at 13, uh, Nick Anderson at 14 and Manny Margot at number 15 to Will Leach. Mike, you are up at number 16. We're almost at the halfway point. I'm going to go and get myself a first baseman. I'm going to go with Max Muncy. And he's had a, a kind of a weird year because he was obviously breakout fantastic in 2018 and totally backed it up with 2019. And then this year he was only, you know, sort of okay. But in the NLCS, he walked nine times. He had four extra base hits. And I'm going to try not to put too much on a 60-game regular season in the weirdest scenario possible. I always bet on talent, right? So if I have Max Muncy as like my sixth best hitter uh, or something along those lines, uh, I think I'll go with that. And then it also means that Will can't have Max Muncy, which is a benefit <laughs> in itself. Um, yeah, it, he's, he's definitely seemed to be a bit a bit off, but... As I was sort of alluding to with with Lau, you know that he can do it. So um, why not now? Um, Will, all right, number seventeen. Uh, who who do you have? Okay, I probably have for me to grab some bullpen arms. There's a lot of guys to choose from, but I'm gonna go ahead and go with Blake Trinan, who I thought uh, it's funny that there was so much talk about uh, uh, when the A's let him go. I thought he looked really, really sharp uh, in the LCS. I think that sharper really than he kind of had all year. I know the, I know he is not like I know him and Jansen are kind of the former dominant stars closers that are not where they are quite where they were. But I thought he looked particularly sharp in the LCS. So I'm thinking Trinan makes sense. He's uh, a, been a personal. I think Mike and I have been been talking of Trinan on this podcast in some form for like uh three years now so um the longtime listeners will know that uh uh we are we are fans uh mike who do you have in number 18 i think i'm gonna go with uh maybe an underappreciated dodger hitter and that's aj pollock who i'm gonna slot in as my left fielder and move randy over to dh uh aj pollock did not have a great first year at the dodgers last year uh got kind of booted out of center field into a corner and only hit okay this year he actually had the second highest slugging percentage on the Dodgers behind only Will Smith. And he gets sort of lost, I think, in the, the sea of stars that they have. But he's a decent enough left fielder uh, defensively. can obviously still hit. So, yeah, give me some A.J. Pollock out there. He, he seemed like a huge disappointment that first year um, after he signed the free agent contract. But then he was back to being A.J. Pollock this year. Um, been really valuable for them. All right, uh, Will at number uh, number 19. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Kike Hernandez. Uh, I'm so, that was such an awesome homer. I'm so, listen, I was, I understand what he was doing because I mean, he was like, punching people after he hit that home run and i get it i get it. i would feel I, I to be able to do that is one of those things in the world that must just be amazing and a feeling that i'll never be able to do uh to be able to i know like i i feel like i can kind of move him around and use him as i need to but i feel like he's got a guy that's had some big moments in the postseason so i'm gonna this is probably a little higher than i should take him but i like having him in there you know what i learned yesterday i learned that 
uh, so Kike is his nickname, obviously, and Enrique is his real first name. And we always put the accent mark on the second E in Kike for very obvious reasons. But according to native Spanish speakers, that's not actually correct. That There should not be an accent mark there, but people just put it there because if not, it ends up being very offensive. And I just thought that was interesting because I assumed that was right, not being a Spanish speaker. Uh, and now I learned something. So I think from now on, I'm just going to go with Enrique. I think that's a good call. <laughs> I'm also, I'd like to change my choice to Enrique Hernandez. I, and I will I will give um, uh, Dave Roberts some credit for how he managed that because uh, Jack Peterson's lineup spot in Jack Peterson is sort of notoriously notor- notoriously terrible um, against lefties had come up a couple innings before against uh, Tyler Matzik and I was like oh Roberts should probably pinch it for pinch it for him here and he let Peterson face uh, Matzik there and then of course it came up the next time up and they brought in AJ Minter to lead off the inning against against Peterson and. That's when he pulled the trigger on Hernandez and got the um, the great matchup for the Dodgers and obviously turned on it and turned the game around. All right, uh, Mike, with pick number 20, who do you got? I do feel like I need another reliever, and I'm going to go with Kenley Jansen with a huge amount of trepidation, just like an overwhelming amount of, I don't know, There's a there's a big pit in my gut right now because I should know better than to go on small sample size of anything, but those last two games, he looked so good, right? Like he, after basically losing his closer job, you know, worked on his mechanics, whatever he did, he looked like the Kenley Jansen of old. And I, I know I'm going to regret this. Like I know on my <laughs> fake playground team, I'm going to put him in, in a big spot and it's going to go poorly. Um, but man, just watching him those last two times out and, you know, to your point, Matt, about Dave Roberts, he did not bring in Jansen for a third day in a row and he let Urias go. And that was absolutely the right thing to do. If you bring in Jansen in that spot and he blows it, that's not on him. That's on you. And uh, good on Roberts for that. So, you know, I I guess I now have two elite right-handed pitchers who I don't entirely trust. So I've done a great job <laughs> with him and Anderson of building my bullpen here. All right. We're through 20 picks. And just to run down of pick 16 through 20, we had uh, Max Muncy at number 16 to, to Petriello, then Blake Trinan then A.J. Pollock, then Kike Hernandez, and Kenley Jansen at 20. Uh, pick number 21, Will. Uh, I need a first baseman, so I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on G-Man Choi. Uh, also because there's a non-zero chance he just bats right-handed one game and hits a homer anyway. So let's go ahead and have fun with that idea as well. I'll take G-Man Choi. Um, his, 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 uh, his stretches and splits have been, uh, unparalleled in the postseason. So if nothing else, <laughs> yeah. you're what you're well set on the, on that for, uh, for, for, for scoops and digs at, at, uh, at first base, uh, Mike, number 22. I'm going to go, uh, with the best defensive center fielder to uh, outfielder really in baseball and Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Kiermeyer, you know, isn't that great of a hitter. He's not going to kill you obviously, but that's not his strength. And yet we have seen him for years be an elite defensive outfielder. And this sort of goes back to what we were talking about before about this ballpark in Texas, you know, like the, the Rays haven't been there yet. They've been in California this whole time. And if, if Mookie Betts can turn a series with his defense and if Bellinger can make great defensive plays, what is Kiermaier going to do out there? And I, I sort of think in this outfield, in this ballpark, you need really strong defense. So I'm going to get the best one, I think on the planet. Fair enough. Uh, Will, uh, number 23. I'm going to add another bullpen arm, St. Louis's own. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and grab Pete Fairbanks, who uh, who uh, he definitely has a uh, a unique. Uh, I, I've, I he's definitely one of those guys who uh, feels like he was both made and not made for the intense postseason close up. That would be <laughs> the best way to put it. Uh, but he throws really hard, obviously, and uh, they trust him in a pretty big spot. 
he definitely has he looks like a little bit of a a deer in headlights for sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah. He also he also throws a hundred with like uh, really high four seam spin rate, you know. So it's like his spin spin rate on his his fastball is like twenty five hundred RPMs, which is elite for a four seam fastball. So when you get the combination of hundred miles an hour with that spin rate, it's basically like it's essentially like what Justin Justin Verlander does is at his peak. If you want to get a sense of like the type of um, um, velocity slash spin on Fairbanks fastball, if you're wondering why he's been been so so effective. Um, Mike at 24. For the record there, Will, I was going to go beat Fairbanks next because I, I really like him a lot. He's he's just a very uncomfortable guy to watch pitch, so I can't imagine what it's like to hit against him. I am going to fill my second base spot here with Chris Taylor, who has been an above average hitter every single year he's been with the Dodgers, has had some really big moments in the postseason. He's, he's also someone I can move around, put in the outfield, like he's made some good plays in left field as well. When Gavin Lux didn't really work out this year, they kind of slotted in Taylor there, and he was he was fantastic. He is a guy you want on your team. All right, Will, who do you got number 25? By the way, I meant to mention this before, and I forgot to. Pete Fairbanks looks like Stephen Merchant. That's who Pete Fairbanks looks like. Next time you watch him pitch, look for the British comedian Stephen Merchant. That's exactly what Pete Fairbanks looks like on the mound. Finally, it was bugging me the whole game the other night. Um, okay, so I need... Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and just to make sure I don't get stuck with Arson Barnes, I'm going to go ahead and take Mike Zunino uh, right now while I have the opportunity. Um, fair enough. He, I mean, he hits he hits moonshots. Yeah. Um, when so he hits them, they go. <laughs> um, so Zunino off the board at 25. Let's give you a quick rundown of the last five picks. We had G-Man Choi at number 21. Kevin Kiermeyer at 22. Pete Fairbanks at 23. Chris Taylor at 24. And Mike Zunino. Um, to Will Leach at number 25. Mike, you're up with uh, pick number 26. I guess I need to fill another outfielder here. Um, but you know what? Will is already pretty full up on outfielder, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to go with another reliever here, and um, I'm going to go with uh, with Bruce Dark Rotterall, who is, I don't know, he, he, is, he does not perform the way you'd expect, right? This guy throws 100 miles an hour, uh, bowling ball sinkers, Gets a lot of ground balls, obviously. Does not miss bats. 13 strikeouts in 23 innings this year. Not usually what you want in the postseason, but if I can come in and get a ground ball from a guy who throws like that, and listen, we're, we're having fun here. Is there anybody on either team more fun than him? Like the way he dances around, the way he parties, he he is going to uh, have my locker room loose and i think that's important <laughs> i was gonna comment that he does have the best celebrations his reaction when uh bellinger robbed tatis in the uh in the ds when he almost gave up the big home run and then he like he like went nuts as if he had you know gotten the big out it was uh that was pretty pretty classic all right well number 27 Okay, I'm. Uh, I need a shortstop and third baseman again. I feel like I can wait for as long as I as I need to, but I'll go ahead and throw up the defense here. I'll take Willie Adamas. Uh, uh, well, now so I can fill up the shortstop spot. You, uh, Mike, you said that the catchers may have the the widest range. I would argue perhaps the shortstops also have a pretty wide range, but the defense is enough that I feel comfortable having out there. And he's he's shown like he's shown like a little bit of pop. I don't know. He's he's developed into a nice player. I remember when, you know he was the guy that the the Rays, if I recall correctly, he was like the the centerpiece of the. Uh, David Price, David Price. a few yep. years ago when he was a prospect with the Tigers and he hasn't really hit that ceiling of like being the, you know what was expected when he was the centerpiece of that deal but he's become a, a pretty a pretty solid player also um been very good I feel like every time a Rosarena homers which has been essentially every game <laughs> um, Willie Adamas is the, the the primary cheerleader coming out of the dugout so you know you, you have to put some put some value 
in in just, that. Or, but he's on Mike's team, so no cheering. Well, like, <laughs> he's this confusing. <laughs> he may have to. He may have to adopt like you know, um, Mookie Betts or something. Yeah. Um, no all right, Mike. What do you got at twenty eight? All right, I need a right fielder, and I guess my choices here are between Hunter Renfro, who I don't like that much, Austin Meadows, who I like a lot, but is really just had a terrible year. And and Jock Peterson, who didn't also have that great of a year, but Peterson, um, if you if you deploy him correctly, as you said before, he can't hit lefties. But if you put him out there against righties, and you get him out of the way against lefties, he can be he can be a little uh, of a boost for you. Uh, so I'm going to go with Peterson, and I'm going to put him in right field uh, at least for now until I see who's on my bench. Fair enough. All right, what, Will, who do you got at the 29? Yeah, might as well get my third baseman in there. Uh, jo- Joey Wendell, who actually had a pretty good uh, ALDS, but not so much uh, in the ALCS. Uh, uh, you know, I-, I really kind of feel like every Rays hitter that's not a Rosarina right now is just kind of a, yeah, maybe they'll get hot for a week, and I need third baseman, so I'll take Wendell. He, he has made some great defensive plays, and, yes. you-, you know, you never know who's going to be the, uh, I don't know, who was like a, I guess you're you're a Cardinals guy. Was it was it Eckstein in two two thousand six? Was that it? Was that he's the one who went nuts in the World Series? Am I making that? No, up? I wouldn't say he went nuts, but I would say that uh, he he had a he had a couple of key hits. I think you're it's more the pitching. So you give him the offensive version of Jeff Weaver. I think is actually <laughs> probably what you're looking what we're looking for there. But uh, David Freeze, maybe he's David Freeze. You never know. Yeah, exactly, David Freeze. There you go. All right, <laughs> Mike, pick number thirty. I think this is going to be uh, the name that gets picked that the fewest people actually know. I'm going to go with Victor Gonzalez of the Dodgers. He's a rookie. He had, if not the highest ground ball rate in baseball, pretty close to it. Uh, but he also had a, a 23 strikeouts and two walks this year. All right. So he's a lefty. He can get me ground balls and strike guys out and not walk guys. That seems like a pretty valuable guy to have. He got a couple of pretty big outs in the in the NLCS. So um, uh, I can see it. Um, all right. So we're through pick 30 picks. Um, and let's get a quick rundown of the last... Uh, the last five. Uh, number 26 was Bruce Dar Graterall. Uh, Willie Adamas went number 27. Jack Peterson went number 28. Joey Wendell, 29. And Victor Gonzalez, number 30 to Petriello. All right, four picks left. Will, who do you have at number 31? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and grab uh, the other guy. Though at the time, I wonder if maybe people thought he was the guy in the Archer trade. I'll go ahead and take Austin Meadows. I like that pick, Will. It's, uh, the, the, the ability's there. So he's definitely, yeah. he's, when I think of like guys that maybe could like, turn things for the Rays offense. He's maybe that, you know, other than Lau, he's sort of the, the next name, the next name that comes, comes to, comes to mind for me. Uh, Mike, what do you have at 32? Uh, I need one more pitcher. I'm going to go with Diego Castillo. There we go. Come on. It was about time guys. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to let him go undrafted. There are, he's one of the, I think the most fun guys for me to watch because, you know, he also throws like 98 mile an hour sinkers, but he throws a slider like half the time. I don't know how anybody hits anybody, and I especially don't know how anybody hits him. So good luck with my uh, my bullpen of death here. Nick Anderson, Kenley Jansen, Bruce Argraterol, Victor Gonzalez, and Diego Castillo. Mike definitely going with more of the, the bullpenning. Uh, the, he's got more of the 2020 pitching staff where he, he has yeah. two starters who probably won't pitch more than four innings. Yeah. In class, no, it's not. I, I, thought about, I thought about Ryan Yarborough here. Uh, but I decided I'd much rather actually have <laughs> Castillo. All right. Well, your your last pick, number thirty three. You need one more pitcher. Listen, twenty twenty has been a very very strange season in every possible way. So who is to say that at some point this series might not be decided by who can stand up the longest outside of the dugout? And so, therefore, with my last spot, I'm going to take me some Joe Kelly just to cause some trouble. Oh. Just, to, just to have <laughs> no. some fun here. I'm taking me some Joe Kelly. Hey, full disclosure: After the twenty-eight 
uh, World Series, Will and I, uh, I mean, Mike and I on this podcast spoke effusively about how Joe Kelly was the difference maker for the Red Sox, how he had turned his career around. Mm -hmm. He was a new pitcher. As it turned out, he basically just bottled up, you know, the best (laughs) two weeks of his career at just the right time. Um, But he still has. He's on the team. He still, he still has he can stuff. stand up outside the dugout. He can stand up outside the dugout. It, to me, it's always so funny because when Joe Kelly was a Cardinal, he was like a middling fifth starter type. It's like the opposite of what he ended up being in every possible way. He was like almost, he was actually more well-known for his base running. He constantly pitch ran. Like Joe Kelly is just an interesting cat and has had like five or six different lives in baseball. And I think you can pretty make his pretty strong argument. The ongoing, the lasting meme of the 2020 season may in fact be Joe Kelly's fake pout. I don't think there's any question about that. So no matter how this 2020 season remembered, Joe Kelly is going to be a pretty big part of it. Wait, wait, quick question. Is that the meme or is it the meme that uh, Cody Bellinger is constantly looking off into space and coming up with deep thoughts? <laughs> Someone had a good one yesterday like, man, I hope Emily's happy in Paris. That was my favorite one. That was my favorite one. I, I think, I, I think how, however the, the 2020 World Series goes – We'll be we'll decide which was the lasting the lasting meme. I think if it had been an, if it had been an Astros Dodgers oh, World no Series, question. No Joe question. Kelly definitely would have been yeah. it. But now yeah. that the Astros got eliminated, we'll 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 see. All right, Mike, final pick, and then we, we I think we probably have to do some some uh, some predictions after that. Okay, well, I need one more position player coming off the bench, and I know full well what the right choice is here. The right choice is uh, going over to Tampa Bay and getting Mike Brasso, who's hit really well this year, can play a whole bunch of different positions. That is not the choice. I'm going with Yandy Diaz because he is Yandy Diaz, because I want him on my team. He interestingly hasn't hit the ball hard at all, but he's walking constantly, uh, plays a decent first place, plays some third base. So is this the uh, right choice? No, but it is the choice that I am making because you know me, Yandy Diaz. (laughs) I, the, 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 very on brand for Mike getting on Diaz, much like getting Nick Anderson. Uh, before we get to predictions, I want to give a, I'll give a uh, a full rundown of uh, of uh, of both rosters, so that the uh, the listeners at home can can make a mental note and decide who they think did better in this uh, in this schoolyard draft. So we'll we'll give we'll give Will's um, Will's uh, Will's roster first. I'm going to read it by position, not by order of picks, so you can sort of go down the positions. But n- know that Mookie Betts was his first overall pick. Um, his catcher is Mike Zunino. First base, G-Man Choi. Second base, Brandon Lau. Shortstop, Willie Adamas. Third base, Joey Wendell. So he basically just got the Rays in field. <laughs> it turns wow. out, is that a good thing? Is that a good infield? <laughs> no, it's not, not the ideal. No. <laughs> um, Manny Margot in left. Uh, Cody Bellinger in center. Uh, Mookie Betts in right. Um, Kike Hernandez or or Austin Meadows at DH. I guess you'd probably platoon them, presumably. Um, that was the idea. And, that was the idea, man. Exactly. So that's your DH bench combo. <laughs> and then the pitchers, you got Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Charlie Morton, Julio Urias, Blake Trinan, Pete Fairbanks, and uh, and Joe Kelly. Definitely the, the outfield is very strong, and the starting pitching is a strength. That, now, that my- outfield defense. Wait a minute, Margot Bellinger and Betts. I need to I need to hit home runs constantly because you will catch literally anything out there. Um, and then Mike's team. We've got the Will Smith at catcher. Uh, will basically has the as you might have expected. Basically has the Dodgers infield. <laughs> will Smith. <laughs> will Smith. Mac Muncy. Max Muncy. Chris Taylor. Uh, Corey Seager. Justin Turner. Uh, AJ Pollock in left. Kevin Kiermaier in center. Um, Jack Peterson in right, Randy Rosarena at DH, Yandy Diaz off the bench, and then the pitching staff is uh, Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, Nick Anderson, Kenley Jansen, uh, Bruce Dark Raiderall, Victor Gonzalez, and Diego Castillo. 
Um, anything stand out to you guys as far as like guys who lasted too long or guys who didn't get picked or anything that, that jumped out? Will? I think it's fun to like. It, it feels like you're almost betting on who the second raise hitter is going to be, right? Like, like who's the one that you think? Like for me, like maybe it's Meadows, maybe Lau comes back out, maybe it's Margot. But like, it is like I feel like so much of this series ri- relies on who the other Ray is. Assuming, of course, Randy Rosarina remains the best player in baseball. All, <laughs> all the all of a sudden, but I think that speaks to the whole idea that uh, you're just kind of betting on which guy that's going to be if that guy's going to happen. It is it is pretty funny that like we just picked an infield from each team and went with that. And I think I won out with that. You know who was funny? It was interesting to me that didn't get picked. Um, the guys that the Dodgers may have to pick from to start game two, Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin, neither of whom got selected in our draft here. But maybe they'll go with Victor Gonzalez as an opener, and then I can say I have him. The one thing that stood out to me, and this made me the the world's biggest Diego Castillo fan, I thought that he was he went way later than an, I, you could make an argument that he might have, should have been like the second reliever picked. Um, so the fact that he lasted until like the second to last pick, kind of uh, or third to last pick, definitely stood out to me. Um, a little bit. So, um, all right, let's, uh, why don't we look ahead to the world series predictions, will thoughts, hopes, dreams. Yeah. So, so much of this seems to me to rely on that fundamental question. I was just talking about, look at the rays. Uh, the pitching is there. Obviously I think the pitching is stronger, particularly in the bullpen, but you know, you, the rays really are just kind of just trying to fake it a little bit on offense and like a Rosarina got hot. And so like incredibly hot, insanely hot and that he provided a absurdly large percentage of the offense. If he doesn't do that, or even frankly, if he does, they still need someone to step up. And I'm not sure they've got that because the Dodgers have like six guys that could step up in that regard. Oh, also they have, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, who are, I would argue are still the best two players of, of this series. Uh, it does feel, you know, I actually, Matt, I, I, I like something you mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts that you guys did about how for all this year where it was supposed to be so crazy that the that the, the playoffs are going to be nuts and there's this wild card round, all this weirdness is going to happen. Here we are with the two number one seeds uh, playing in the World Series. It still feels like the Dodgers are better than they've shown in the, uh, in the postseason, like that even the Brewer series had some hairy moments and the, and the Padre series uh, uh, as well. I know they won all those games, but it still felt like it could have gone all the way. And of course the Braves took them all the way to the end. It feels like we're due for a full, okay, we're the Dodgers and this is the year that we were building toward and We're about to show you why uh, I'm picking the Dodgers in five. in this series. Five. Yeah. Wow. That is aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, first of all, I should say the Rays are a very good team. There's going to be this huge underdog narrative because of the payroll size, but the Rays were the best team in the AL this year, and they won 96 games last year and 90 the year before, and they are just a very good baseball team. So wouldn't be surprising at all to me to see the Rays win. I'm definitely worried about their offense. If if Randy Rosarena does not continue hitting like the best version of Mike Trout, you know that's going to be a big issue for them. But I do think the Rays have a bit of an advantage in the starting pitching, especially because like we said, game two, we don't know what the Dodgers are even going to do. You know, like Kershaw Glasnow is probably game one and then giant shrug emoji versus Blake Snell. So I'm going to go Dodgers in seven, just because um, that the starting pitching does kind of concern me a little bit. And also I think Kevin Cash is going to outmanage Dave Roberts, but ultimately the, the lineup depth will tilt this for the Dodgers. I think picking in a vacuum, like right now, I'd probably say the Dodgers, but because the Rays are my preseason pick, I'm very big on, you know, like, well, they, they, as long as they've, they're sticking around, I might as well stick with them. And I do think the extra days off 
helps them more than it does the the extra days off or the the, the usual day, the days off will help them more than they will the Dodgers because of um, how good their bullpen is and how smart they are about deploying it. So I think that's kind of a, an interesting subplot to this series. And so I think I'm 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 going to ride the Rays all the way through. I'm going to say Rays in seven, and I'm going to pick um, Nick Anderson to be my World Series MVP, appearing in six of the seven games. Who do you guys have for your respective MVP picks? Um, Corey, no, what did I say? Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Yeah, I'm um, taking Mookie Betts because he has Mookie Betts. That's that's fair. I mean, did you guys see last night? Like, uh, I think I saw Amir Garrett, the Reds uh, Reds reliever, basically saying, you know, Mookie's the best player in the game, and you know, obviously the default is Mike Trout. Um, how do you think, like, you know, in 2018 there was a conversation when Mookie had like his career year, and it seemed like maybe it was pretty close. Do you think there is even a conversation to be had right now that maybe Mookie is that guy? I would say right now, no. But in a year, maybe because, you know, what's made Trout so great is the consistency year in and year out. You know, you always have like, here comes Bryce Harper's 2015, Mookie Betts is 2018, but Trout just does it every single year. I'm I'm actively concerned, though, he's a poor center fielder, like defensively, and that it might be best for the Angels if he no longer plays center field. And then if you do that, I mean, obviously, Mookie is a fantastic defensive outfielder. It comes close to making up the gap, I think. I'll still take Trout today, but ask me again next winter, and I'm not sure what I'll say. What about you, Will? Uh, I, I do kind of feel like you just can't help but note that like this is the time where everyone is watching baseball the most and the closest. And so therefore you're like, wow, who could possibly be better than Betts? Because we never get to see Mike Trout play in this month. And so to me, it, it just speaks all the more about like like if Mike Trout were playing, there would be absolutely incredible things that he'd be doing right now. We'd be like, who in the world could possibly be better than Mike Trout? Unfortunately, he's not playing right now because he's Ugh. never playing right now. And it's very, very frustrating. Well, you, you just made me sad a little bit. <clears throat> My son just turned five and he's gotten like really into baseball with me in the last couple of weeks, which is fantastic. And in the morning he wakes up and he asks me about Cody Bellinger and he asks me about Max Muncy because he thinks his name sounds like monkey. So he likes that. <laughs> he has no idea who Mike Trout is because yeah. Mike Trout is never, ever, ever in the playoffs ever. And um, maybe will never be again. And I think that's sad because he's obviously the greatest player who ever lived. <laughs> um, Matt, did you make your choice? I did. I said raising seven. All right, so Matt has Rays in seven. I have Dodgers in seven. Will has Rays in five. No, Dodgers in five. Dodgers. Oh, excuse me, Dodgers in five, five, five which is which is aggressive. Um, hey, that was pretty fun. Whose team is better, Matt? As you were watching this this draft go, which which team would you kind of go with? I know they're somewhat equal. Um, I think I would probably go with. It's I, I mean I. It, Will probably has the two best actually like the two best players like in total in Beth and Bellinger, but I think that um, the pitching depth and the um, and the hitting depth on Mike's team is probably a little better. I think I'd probably take Mike's team, but I guess we could sort of do an unofficial uh, recap after the World Series to see whose whose players actually performed better. I appreciate the uh, bias to your co-host of, of selecting my team. So uh, thanks for that. Hey, that was fun. Will Leach of MLB.com and so many other places. Thank you for joining us. That uh, is always a blast to have you on the show with us here. This is my, I, I'm, a, I'm a longtime listener. Again, I say this every time. Whenever I'm on your show, I'm like, well, I'm hanging out with the people in my ears on my run all the, da- all the time. So I'm very honored to be on. Yes, I hope to see you in person at some time in the next 15 I hope, to 20 years. I hope to see anybody in person, but I definitely hope to see you guys in person. All right, that is our show for this week. This is the MLB.com Ballpark Dimensions podcast. Thanks so much for listening.